0: You're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today we are listening in on our panel from a fringe event that we hosted at the recent Labour Northwest Conference in Blackpool. Now, this event was all about how the Northern Transport Charter can deliver a new North. It was also a great opportunity to talk about our work in realising the wide benefits of transport investment as well as, of course, the great work of our Northern leaders who regularly meet as part of the Transport for the North Board to speak with one voice on transport issues right across our region. To bring you up to speed before we hear from the event itself, for those who may not know, our Northern Transport Charter sets out a roadmap towards long-term devolution based on the North's priorities. It offers a clear blueprint setting out the ambition for the future role of transport in the North and it was adopted by our board in September 2020. There are four key pillars to the Northern Transport Charter and they are championing an inclusive and sustainable North, long-term Northern funding settlement, leading strategic transport delivery and putting the North's rail passengers first. The document for those who want to read it in full is available on our website so if you head to transportforthenorth.com and search for Northern Transport Charter you'll find more about it on there. Also discussed during the session uh, was the publication of the Integrated Rail Plan and what that means for our region. Our panellists on the day were Councillor Louise Gittins who is current Interim Chair of Transport for the North and also Leader of Cheshire West and Chester Council and Councillor Lynne Williams, who is leader of Blackpool Council and TFN member. It was chaired by Marcus Johns, who is Research Fellow at IPPR North, so hope you enjoy listening to the session. Here's all of those great discussions for you now.
1: Good afternoon everybody, um, and welcome uh, to the Transport for the North Fringe, um, the New North delivering uh, change through the Northern Transport Charter. My name is uh, Marcus Johns and I'm going to be chairing the session. Um, I'm a research fellow at IPPR North. Uh, we're the only uh, think tank based in the north of England uh, developing ideas and research for bold progressive change to make our region better. Uh, and for 18 years we've looked at evidence at the regional inequalities that we face in this country and how that holds back lives of people across the north. And one of the things that our research really shows is how transport contributes to those inequalities. And that's why uh, the discussion that we're going to have today is really important. Uh, I'm really grateful for TFN for inviting me today uh, to chair this panel. Uh, transport for the North is the North's regional sub-national transport body. It's the only body of its type in the country with statutory powers. So it has powers to set out a strategic transport plan, and it has uh, co-management responsibility over uh, TransPennine uh, Express and also over uh, the Northern Rail franchise. Um, In 2020, Transport for the North adopted a Northern Transport Charter, um, which is a roadmap towards further long-term devolution of powers um, and that's one of the things that we're going to be discussing um, today. Uh, Our agenda today is I'm going to introduce uh, two speakers uh, and then we'll open up uh, for some questions uh, for for, uh, all the things that you want to ask about transport in the north of England. Um, I thought I'd say three very brief things um, beforehand. Um, The first is that transport really matters. We often talk about transport in terms of access to jobs, work and economic opportunity, and that's really important. But it's also about how we see our friends, uh, how we access health appointments, how we socialise and use our leisure time and attend uh, conferences. Um, And perhaps today is an example uh, of how much transport matters, and particularly uh, underinvestment in northern transport matters, uh, given uh, uh, not everyone has been able to make it. Um, the second thing I wanted to say is just how much the North wing has been let down uh, by successive governments. We've had historic underinvestment in our transport network, If you look at the last decade, if we had the same per-person transport spending um, as London, we would have had £86 billion more invested in our transport, um, which is a huge amount, and that's more than double what it would have cost to deliver Northern Powerhouse Rail uh, in full. Um, And in London, that spending per person on transport has been about two and a half times higher over the past decade than it's been for us. And that's not to say that London doesn't deserve investment in its transport system, but that we are at the sharp end of many regional inequalities, And a really key part of that has been that our transport network isn't fit for purpose and we need our fair share of investment in the North too. And devolution, bodies like Transport for the North, are really important in how we elevate our voice um, and deliver a better transport network to address some of those challenges. Um, So I'm going to invite our speakers to give short opening remarks ahead of our discussion. Um, first um, is Louise Gittins, who is the Interim Chair of uh, Transport for the North. Uh, she is a councillor and leader um, of Cheshire West and Chester and has been since 2019. Um, and I'm also joined by um, Lynn Williams, who is the leader of Blackpool Council um, and a board member of Transport for the North. Um, so, um,
2: um. Thank you and thanks for coming to listen to us talk about Transport for the North and it's actually quite good that there's two women talking about this because it's rather daunting. Um, I don't know if any of you spent some time looking at the webcast of the Transport for the North board meeting. Uh, Tracy Graven and I sat next to each other and the rest of the room were men so Tracy and I are on a bit of a mission to get more women interested in trains uh, i was put it down to my mum bought me a train set when i was uh, little and i love my train set so maybe that's why right. uh, and actually you know when, when i went, uh, first came onto transport for the north in 2019 i was like god trains uh, and i thought what a boring sort of thing to get involved with but actually it's absolutely amazing and over that time the things that i already knew but never really sort of confirmed to myself about how transformative, transformative, if that's a word, um, that transport can be, it really can change people's lives and what we've done in Transport for the North is come together with a unified voice in the North and I have to say that includes Tories as well, the Tories are with us on this, to come up with a vision of what you know the North would look like if we had a really good transport system. So I'm absolutely passionate now about trains, about buses, active travel, and all those things that come together to make that truly integrated system. This week has been a, a bit of a roller coaster transport for the North. Um, we've already heard about the Northern Transport Charter and uh, Northern Powerhouse Rail, and we were eagerly awaiting the government's integrated rail plan. Um, what a damp squid that was. And actually, they are failing the North. It was really, really disappointing. And we had um, a board meeting on Wednesday to consider our response to the government's woefully inadequate, as I described it, offer to the North. And I think, you know, people hear about Northern Powerhouse Rail and, you know, what does it all mean? Well, our plan was to have um, connectivity From east to west because it's really good to get up north north to south is is fine we've got hs2 coming from the south it should have started in the north but that's another story but actually getting from east to west from liverpool in the west right the way over to hull in the east two really important ports and um, what we envisaged was a fast train service, a separate line that would go from Liverpool right the way across to Hall and take off those fast trains from the rest of the rail network. That would mean the rest of the rail network would be freed up for the stations that everybody wants to stop at, for freight and everything else. So you'd have two systems side by side. What the government gave us was a really, I can't even describe it as watered down, it was a pathetic attempt at that. So they've given us a tiny bit of extra new rail um, from uh, Warrington to the other side of Manchester. And what that will mean is the, the high speed trains get on that extra bit of rail and then they'll meet up with the freight and all the other little stoppy trains. And it's going to cause a massive um, log jam right in the middle of the Pennines. Um, So we were very angry on Wednesday. We came together, the whole of the North. We've written a a stroppy letter to Grant Shapps in a positive way um, to say, look, we've got a plan. We, We know how much this is going to cost, but actually this is paying for the future. It's paying for the future for the economy. the future of the planet through net zero for capacity and it's for our children in the future this is for we're not doing it for the next 10 years this has to be something like that vision the victorians had something that would last for hundreds of years Um, and unfortunately it's not going to happen but we're not giving up Um, hopefully we'll have a delegation going down to see shafts and we will be telling our story our vision over and over again until we get it I'm happy to talk a little bit more about that in the Q and
1: A. So, brilliant. Thank you so much, Louise Um, and Nick. Well, what (laughs) Louise (laughs) said. I think
3: for. If you bring all of this sort of down a level, I think the—I I mean, I've only been a member of Transplant Club for about a year, and I did, you know, and I thought, what does it really mean for somewhere like Blackpool? Because all the talk is, is about, you know, Leeds, and <coughs> so what is the significance? Because when the whole region does better, we all do better. It's that same mantra, isn't it? But I think what the plan—the plan that had it—wasn't just about cities; it was also about towns and that connectivity. And for somewhere like Blackpool. People to be able to travel here, uh, to get here, whether it's a holiday at work, it, it makes such it's so, it is so important. Um, I mean I am from Blackpool, I did my degree in Leeds and it's it's every platform or oh, if you had to get a train to Blackpool from is the open to all the elements, wherever you go, pick it in knees, even at Preston. So for, to be able to, you know, the, the works that was you know, at Piccadilly and at Preston would make such a massive difference for us if people were having to change come to Blackpool. Because that's important, not just about bringing visitors here, but opening up the area to, um, for jobs and opportunities for our, for our people. And also, in relation to climate change, we've declared, as um, I said it, you know, in their in speech this morning, and when you're planning you know, a, a modern joint up transport system, you know in Blackpool we love trams, we've now we've spent enough lot of money that now the transport will connect we'll have a you'll see the building by Blackpool by, north that will connect up the area through so that you can still like the train station on a tram you can go to bigwood where you know it, it will work wonderfully well but only if people stop doing the cars and we can de the town center and that's really so important and if people still think they're going to end up on on crap trains and um, that take forever like, they're just going to keep on coming in, in the cars, so. Um, and I think the other you know the other side of the announcement this last week was no mention of Lancashire. Um, nothing uh, within, within those plans. And the, the most disappointing thing I think is that it would take a significantly less, smaller amount of money and would hope would make such a massive difference in, in terms of the, the county planning shift to connect west east and west because it's appalling. And I think that comes down to the government not understanding our geography and not really caring less.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Lynn. Um Louise, you talked about how the North is speaking with one uh, voice, a unified voice. Um, and then you touched on how, um, you know, as a whole region, um, we do better uh, when, when the rest of the region is doing better. So I wonder what your thoughts are on what difference uh, transport for the North and bringing those local leaders all together um, to talk about transport makes. Um, I think, I think for me, it's
2: we've all got to know each other we've all got to understand our different needs and so um you know we've got the the great metropolitan mayors, but actually they recognize that all the other bits in between are equally important so I, i mean i was i felt on on wednesday the fact that the tories voted for our motion as well made me think there is something in what we're doing that's right we are we are putting forward a really compelling case about how much stronger we are when we are together. We know that because it's all on the back of our little card. But actually some of those Tories were starting to think, well, yeah, we are we are stronger when we, we work together. So I think for me, it's that camaraderie, I think, around a shared vision of the difference that this can make. And it's not just about trains. You know, our Northern Transport Charter is looking much much bigger in terms of that sort of connectivity how we can use the expertise within transport for the north we've got an amazing team there's a hundred something mm-hmm. staff but they're absolutely fantastic so on wednesday we've got a presentation about social exclusion and transport so we've now got a mapping tool where you can look anywhere across the north to see where our socially excluded communities are who can't access transport and we can use that both at local authority level but also at a greater level um to, to actually drill down and see how we can shape what we're doing at a local level so i think that's sort of working together um, and sharing each other's challenges and opportunities and and also buzzing off each other a little bit i've got a real buzz on wednesday and then how about and your perspective
1: of um, well i've certainly learned a
3: lot of, and, I, and i think it's being able to having you know, a seat at the table and able to discuss those issues that relate to towns and bringing it down to that further level um, and being on the same level of that discussion and ensuring that that is part of us, So we are just focusing on the cities. Not that they work, but the importance of it you know, for, our, you know, for, our, for our people. So, And I think other issues, what has been interesting for me. What I feel has been beneficial is all the issues and, and sharing that and having got like, that voice. So one thing we've always had in Blackpool is that there is this, own, for some no reason, they, they always like to do the roadways at weekends, just when people want to come to Blackpool. And, you know, so to make that noise about other areas have had it as well, is that, well, you know, we're coming out of COVID, more people are actually working from home, so. Why not let the to share some of the local disruption It's an impressive the of as function and also when you're planning work, talk to people locally, talk to the local leaders and you know, to know the area and how that can it, it can be done better essentially.
1: So that for me has been really useful to be able to have that conversation and some change. You you touched on the the Northern Transport Charter Louise, um, which is essentially a roadmap for how Transport for the North can take on more powers. Um, I wondered if you could talk to why that's important and what changed that?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of devolution, and I think the more decisions that can be made at a local level, the better it is. I mean, we've seen with the Integrated Rail Plan that somebody in Whitehall has made a decision. Uh, for for the people of the North without actually understanding. I know Johnson got on some trains, didn't he, when he came up to announce it, but he probably didn't have a clue where he was. So I think the the more we can um, have control over what happens um, at the local level, the, the better it is and that that is what we're all about. We want to have the powers to be able to, to do things ourselves. I mean it would have been good actually if the government just said, right, here you are, this is how much money you know you've got. Get on and do what you think, rather than, well you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do the other. And interestingly, at the meeting on Wednesday, DFT attended the meeting and we want the technical information behind the integrated rail plan. So in other words, how they made their decisions. And um, so we said, oh, it's coming soon. And then a bit later on, admitted that the technical information was the evidence we'd given to them. So we'd we'd given them the evidence of how this will transform the economy, 150,000 jobs I think it is that will be created, um, you know the deco- we'll decarbonise the network and all of this and they decided so that the technical evidence that they produce will be what we gave them anyhow, which is a complete mockery of what we're trying to do
1: um, at that point around decarbonisation is, is obviously really crucial and Transport for the North uh, estimate that Northern Powerhouse Rail would have taken 58,000 cars Every day, which is obviously a really significant um, impact, um, and, and you know here in the north, many local authorities, combined authorities, have set uh, net zero targets that are significantly in advance of, of what government is setting. Um, so I wonder what your views are on Transport for the North's decarbonisation strategy, um, particularly given that transport is the biggest contributor to uh, emissions in the UK. It's obviously it's
3: crucial. We all know that you know um, we've declared you know, the, the climate emergency and. Um, we come to, it's such you know, a fundamental part of it, but it, it comes down to the, the finances of it. Uh, I think there is a, you know, we all have that massive desire to do it, but if we aren't going to get it properly funded uh, from government, and the, and the announcement this week is, it, it just makes everything so completely incredibly difficult because it's that policy as well, as well as the impact of it, by not people actually getting on onto the trains. So it's like a double whammy, isn't it, in terms of environment.
2: Yeah, I mean it was ironic it came a week after COP26 with all those commitments and then this is just, you know, it's a punch in the face if you like for our net zero ambitions. We were going to decarbonise the network by 2045. Um, and we've already heard 58,000 cars to come off the road, also the, the fleet and um, getting new electric lines in, and um, so those who were here before heard about Steve with some of the new trains and stuff that we're, we're getting. But this, this won't happen. So we're actually, we've, we've tasked our chief exec Transport for the North, to come up with, what is the impact of this on the environment? What is it on jobs? What is it on the economy and how will it make a difference for the, the passenger journey? Um, and, I, and, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to that because I think it, I don't think we'll meet those targets in 2045. And, that, you know, once again, Tories are letting us down.
1: Um, so obviously, Transport for the North covers a sort of pan-regional um, scale and, and works on those kind of key uh, you know, big picture strategies what interventions do you think need to be taking place at a local level to improve uh, public transport for people on maybe shorter journeys, particularly um, in, in the areas that you represent? Um, Lynn, do you want to say? Yeah. I
3: mean, you know, said before, it's important, you know, for Lancashire, I mean, it's just, again, Lancashire ignored and because I don't think they understand us. We're obviously geographically challenged to that corner. But, um, you know, if you looked at the, in terms of the economics of Lancashire, you know it's not obviously, but it's not far off from, from, from Manchester, so um, I think the for us was said before that there's a, a significantly less amount of money would make an even greater impact in terms of connecting where we are the west and with the east, and that's about job opportunities. And I think every you know, in every authority, there's um, you know, there's job vacancies, you know, we're trying to recruit to the council. Um, so attracting people to the area so that maybe they don't have to move because they can travel on a clean efficient track, you know, fast transport system. Um, and so I think that, that's a significant for us also the impact on our um, tourism in our season. We want that to be a year long season um, conference centre. You know, we unfortunately, during Covid we understand that, um, there we also plan to be a, a um, three train, direct train to Blackpool, which would have been, really significant and we, we hope that we can develop that again because that, having a conference centre um, you know, which is state of the art which you know, is significantly improved and we have all the modern technology, we need that transport to support that because otherwise all of that work we've done in terms of regeneration and encouraging all of that and all the local people, all the local businesses who have invested in that, it, it's that important, that co- connectivity.
1: And, and then how about you?
2: So, uh, where we are in Cheshire West, we're sort of sandwiched between uh, Liverpool City region and Wales. So, our connectivity with Wales is really, really important. And particularly in Chester, we've got people going over the border every single day thousands and thousands of people, whether it's for work or to visit relatives or, or whatever. So, um, one of One of the organisations we've got is the Mersey D-Alliance and we're currently working with Transport for Wales on a metro style system. I feel sometimes in Cheshire West we sort of gag in on other peoples uh, because we haven't got any devolved powers so we work really closely with Liverpool City Region on Mersey travel so that trains are coming and buses that come into our area and the same with Wales as well and I've always been very passionate um, in Transport for the North, that we we include Wales and and Scotland as well, because we're not just a Northern Ireland, we actually have got links into it. But I'm really keen as we move forward in looking at um, at options for our residents. um, And actually, if we could create 15-minute neighbourhoods where we are so that people have got all the services that they need in one space and aren't having to travel for them what a difference that would make so that you know they've got the health services they've got the shops and um, they've got you know pubs churches whatever else they need in one space so that they got that choice to think, well actually I've got good digital connectivity so I actually can work from home because I don't need to travel to work. So I think what we need, what Covid has done for us has given us that opportunity to reframe, I think, how we live as a society. I feel the Tories are trying to drag us back to the bad old days. Um, but I think as Labour labor councillors and Labour authorities, we need to grasp that opportunity. So we know, for example, the um, number of people who have gone back to trains. There's now more leisure travellers than there are commuters. So it's something like 130% increase in leisure um, for people on trains. And if you use the trains yourself, they're really busy during the day, but not much quieter in the morning showers so that has has changed and I think we need to think how we can sort of work uh, within that at a local level but I've got my cabinet member over there Karen Shaw who's been doing a lot round buses and we're eagerly, I think that's a silly word to use, awaiting the government's uh, bus bus funding review that they're doing to see if we'll get the vast sums of money that they're promising through to level up Everywhere for the buses, so uh, Karen's done some great work around that. We can't have we can't have the same powers that they have in the mayoral, devolved regions, but we can set, look to set up some sort of partnership working with our buses so that they're going to where we need them at the time that people want them. So that's also cheshire West. Uh, and then
1: my, my final question before I uh, open up to um, everybody who's attending, so please do get thinking on uh, what you'd like to ask um, is that you, you've both described the importance of how local places can integrate different things, creating those 15 minute neighbourhoods by thinking about transport and services and, and, and how the local level is really important in, in delivering that. Um, and you're also, uh, you both represent places that don't have devolution at the moment. Uh, we have a levelling up white paper coming and I wondered, um, what would you like to see in terms of you know, your ability um, locally to the powers that you have over transport, In that, not what, what you think you will see, because I, I imagine that might not be as positive, but what would you like to see? Well, I've got
3: my here the well, so, <laughs> uh, you, you always have a to say. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the things that, um, when black one were the most deprived areas in the we, we've seen this impact on you know, uh, funding applications that aren't to do with transport and this unfair competition and this benefit-cost analysis that they do, the, or the Green Book, and you're told that that's going to be a main allowances. And in, the similar thing also, you know, we've discovered that looking into very localised uh, plans, we've had business cases done that connects, I think, Fire to, to Fleetwood, but because of the, you know, the um, benefit-cost analysis is less than the I think it is, Um, it's unlikely that that would be, you know, would be eligible for funding. So I think, you know, if we were able to have that, so, you know, we'd need now Treasury to come up with you know the come through with what they said because they said if you're in a deprived area we will look again and if you're if it is less than one then we will but it's all those ifs and buts and that never actually come to fruition so in in terms of that definition over transport having over we know our areas we know the areas that you know may not in terms of what is classed in the Green Book or in other classifications as being a benefit cost analysis. Whose benefit? It's about the benefit of people, it's about climate change, all of those we can put all of those into our own kind of calculation that we know locally and build on that. And I think that's incredibly important. We had the we quote, it, it Recent discussions with, with, with the Home Office, and, and you know that they were amazed that they, they thought Blackpool was a city. You know, I mean, I'm surprised you know, they couldn't kind of even find us on a map. So you know, it's about that local knowledge being able to have that control and understanding what is important to our people and our, our area and where we want to connect
1: to. Brilliant. It's good to know everybody here. It's best in the Home Office. has managed
2: <laughs> uh, Louise, uh, what would you like to see? Well, I think just really what Lynn said, you know, listen to Steve and Andy and actually if we have the same powers that they've got, we could have a really integrated system in that children. And as you brought Frank in um, whether they would want to do it, the, t- the touring council. But if we have Blackpool. We could have a bit of a tunnel, it couldn't we, somewhere? But I think, I think it's the, the more that it's done at a local level, the more you can join up services because residents don't see the orders. So you know, it takes me two and a half hours from where I live to get to Manchester. The drove, it's fifty minutes. So you know, if, if if we could, and I was going to ask Andy and Steve actually, you know, if we do get devolution, can we have. Work together on this Um, because I think it would be fun, it would just be fantastic. But there's going to be levelling up and levelling down in you know in a 50 mile radius, which is ridiculous. So, thank you so much, everyone. Uh,
1: Really uh, interesting discussion. I think, uh, but I was going to say have a round of applause for so our speakers that
0: you've given one, so that was fantastic thank you all for coming um, and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, today thank you so much for tuning in today don't forget that you can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website just head to transportforthenorth.com and under the news menu at the top you will find a page with all of our previous podcasts on you can also stay up to date on our social media channels we're on twitter instagram facebook and linkedin if you find transport for the north you should find us and don't forget you can sign up to our all points north newsletter as well there's a box at the bottom of the home page on our website where you just need to pop your email address in and we will send you a weekly digest of all the top transport stories from our region thanks again for listening stay tuned for more make sure you're subscribed on soundcloud or spotify wherever you get your podcasts to so make sure that you never miss an episode see you soon Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.